Hi fellow brain pickers, this is episode 110 of the Can I Pick Your Brain show and in today's episode I pick the brain of a five-time Emmy award-winning producer, Nick Nanton, and uh, he's got the most insane bio and you'll find that out in a minute. And we talk about the power of storytelling and how he got into the movie documentary world. Please don't forget to subscribe to my show. If you're on iTunes and you're listening to this, please hit that subscribe button. It really, really helps me rank higher on iTunes and more people get to listen to the show. So you'll be doing me a massive favor. So just hit that subscribe button. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 110 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Today, I have the honor and pleasure of picking the brain of the world's leading personal branding expert, Nick Nanton. Okay, you ready for a list of insane achievements? Here goes. Five-time Emmy Award-winning director, nominated 14 times, award-winning songwriter, author of two dozen best-selling books, produced over 40 documentaries, international speaker, CEO of DNA Media with a portfolio of companies including the Dixon Nanton Agency, an international agency with more than 3,000 clients in 36 countries, Dixon Nanton Productions, Ambitious.com, Celebrity Press, DNA Films, DNA Pulse, and DNA Capital Ventures. Nick has worked with Tony Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Jack Canfield, Dan Kennedy, Steve Forbes, Peter Diamandis, Mark Cuban, and Sir Richard Branson, to name a few. And if I mention all the places he's been featured in, we'll be here till tomorrow. Now, to help introduce him, I've put together a short rap. Here goes. Becoming a celebrity brand, welcome to his land. He'll give you the hand for your legacy to stand. Emmy Award winner, he eats branding for dinner, but he too was a beginner. It's not about preaching and telling, stop yelling. It's all about story selling, so make it compelling. His productions are dope, filled with hope, stories of suffering and people that can't cope. There's no denying, nothing more gratifying than drying your eyes from all the crying. From the inspiration, thanks to his creation, he's on a mission to heal the nation. So without further ado, I welcome to you a fire with an everlasting burn. Listen and learn, he's the one and only Nick Nanter. Nick, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. My pleasure, man. That is uh, the most unique introduction I've ever gotten, and it was good. I'm a music guy, and that was good, man. Nice oh, work. Thank you. That's a, that's a huge uh, compliment coming from you, Nick. Seriously. Um, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not really a rapper. I just do it for the attention <laughs> and uh, just to sort of get away with uh, sounding a little bit different because there's so many podcast shows out there. Um, but I'll, I'll put Amen a little. Yeah, I'll put a little hip hop uh, background music for you and send it to you afterwards. Um, <laughs> So I actually feel really bad, um, for those of you listening, just so you know, uh, Nick right now, where are you? You're in Florida? Yeah, I'm in right outside of Orlando, yes. Right outside of Orlando, and you, you guys have been hit hard uh, with a, a massive hurricane, and uh, so Nick's actually been, in, he's, he's, an, he's an angel, he's been literally going out and, and just helping people in, in every way that he can, um, and so I, I literally pulled him out from helping people to to get on the show uh so i feel i feel guilty um don't worry about it there'll be plenty left to do when we're done so no all good man it's uh you know we it could have been much worse and you know uh everyone's we had four million people without power and you know there are obviously some lives lost and everything else but oh my but goodness. other than that life is 
you know, the, the community's pulling together. It's kind of nice to see people face to face you've never met before. Right. You know, and do some work. I don't think I've cut down a tree in uh, maybe ever, but uh, we've been watching <laughs> the last few days. Yeah. How many trees have you cut down so far? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. 15? Really? Oh, my goodness oh, yeah. me. That's yes. insane. That's incredible. Oh, good. So you're usually the guy, you know, producing stories and, and, and basically pulling stories out of everybody else. What's your story? You know, how did you get into this? Man, uh, so I'll give you the short version. We can dig in as much as you want. But yeah. I, I started playing guitar. Well, so I, we moved, my family moved from Barbados to Orlando when I was one. Mm-hmm. So we we're immigrants. And my whole family kind of moved together. Uh, uncles and aunts, the whole deal. Uh, legally, you know, we were we did it by the book. We did it the right way. Yeah. Uh, but we came here, and my parents wanted more opportunity for my brother and I. Uh, I started playing guitar when I was six. I was just kind of addicted to music. Still am. Uh, started writing songs at sixteen. Put out my first record at eighteen, of which there's still about eight hundred copies under my parents' bed. Wow. Uh, why? Because I didn't know anything about marketing then, and now that I know about marketing, I don't want anyone ever to hear it. Uh, so that's why I leave them there under the bed. Uh, and then. <laughs> I went to school, University of Florida. I uh, worked with a bunch of organizations, worked with a lot of talent, produced a bunch of records, wrote a bunch of songs. Uh, and I went to law school uh, because my brother went to medical school and I couldn't get into medical school. So I had to do something. So I went to law school. Uh, and when I got out of law school, my business partner, Jack, uh, I had my first son a week after I took the bar exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so life was on, on fast forward. I got married out after my first semester of law school. So we had a, you know, I had like a two and a half year old by the time I finished. Uh, and then we, uh, I, sorry, I had a, I had, sorry, I was been married for about two and a half years and I had my first son a week after the bar exam. So mm-hmm. life was definitely hectic. And, uh, I guess the way I like it, uh, cause I've, I've created hectic situations my whole life. Uh, and <laughs> so I had to do something. So my business partner said, Hey Nick, I know you don't really want to practice law. Um, but if you would, if you would create an agency where you represented business people, the same way you've been doing it for musicians, you know, uh, with, kind of a law firm marketing firm everything in one mm-hmm. uh you know you you would do a lot better you'd be happier and you would make money to feed your t- children and uh, i said that sounds good so we you know so that's what we started doing we really started kind of consulting for people and then every i was building myself as we were using the the strategies that he knew about personal branding and direct marketing and my, my skill set in in uh, media creation and pr and buzz building uh from working with celebrities and bands and we really positioned me as one of the top entertainment lawyers in the country mm-hmm. within 12 months. And I was really kind of just out of law school. So I did. Uh, I got to the point where I was billing at more than three times the rate of any lawyers I knew in L.A. or New York. And those are the bigger entertainment cities than Orlando. Not the place matters as much what anymore. Set, what, set you really... a, what set you apart, Nick? You were just a regular lawyer like everybody else. And how did you well, get in with celebrities? So, I, I mean, I just I had done music myself and, and negotiated my own record deals, my own publishing deals. So I was an artist and I, I was I kind of knew what it was like to be on both sides of the table. Mm-hmm. So rather than just um, being another quote unquote lawyer, I was a guy who understood the creative process. I would I wrote a lot of records and songs with my clients. So I was I was kind of part of the deal, not just a suit that they brought in. Mm-hmm. So that's so once we figured out the positioning on that, um, I decided I was going to, I didn't like practicing law anyway. So I decided I was just going to teach people how to, how to utilize the skills we had used in positioning and branding to help other people differentiate themselves. Uh, then we wrote our first book, celebrity branding you, uh, and kind of everything kind of 
went in that direction very very hard and fast after that right i mean you've authored over two dozen books now like i'm trying to publish my first book to jeez <laughs> nick like what's the, what's the secret to creating a bestseller how do you get it out there i mean I, I, there's so many people i bet listening to this that they've got a dream they've got a book that they want to publish right i i'm one of them i've it's been in my head for eight years i think it's right. gonna i think it's incre- I, I personally i think it's going to be a great book but and i've written i don't know thirty five thousand words but i i still haven't published the damn thing and like you yeah know. well that i mean you're not alone i mean we've all been there um because as dan kennedy calls it the ge spot the good enough spot you got to mm. get there right you got to find it and so the the key to the whole deal is um, is the book can't be a bestseller before you publish it. So that's a secret. <laughs> you, got it. you have to put it out there. Yeah. And really, after that, man, it's just it's like any other uh, marketing promotion launch. I mean, you got to get you got to provide value. Mm-hmm. You got to get people on board, and you got to get people to people interested in what you're doing, and get people to help you. And and so you know, it's not, it's not rocket science. We've launched over 2000 bestselling authors in the last 10 years. Holy and, cow. uh, it, it's, it's really just, you know, you've got to know, you got to know what the marketplace is doing. You got to know who else is because the bestseller lists don't forget are just their competitive lists, right? It's, it, mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, there's no bottom. The bottom is wherever the worst book that is that's on the bestseller list, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like some people say, oh, I heard if you sell 20,000 books, you have the bestseller list. Well, I don't know. It depends on the week. depends on who's putting out books. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's studying the marketplace, knowing the marketplace, and getting others to help you and providing value. I mean, I think I feel like a broken record the last few you know podcasts and interviews and stuff I've done. I mean, my it's very obvious, but some people just don't think of it this way. Yeah. I mean, the way I've gotten to work with the Richard Bransons and – you know, filming and interviewing Mark Cuban and Tony Robbins and Will I Am, and uh, it's it's I call it the value equation. Everything in life runs on an exchange of value. Sometimes it's the money, sometimes it's it's favors, sometimes it's whatever. What is the what is the value I can give someone in exchange that they might do something that would be cool for me? And approaching it in a way where you don't sound like a twerp who's entitled. Right. You know, whenever I do something with a person who of that caliber, I say, look. I know you don't owe me anything, but here's what I was thinking. I'd love to do this for you, and uh, if you'd accept it, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's some ways you could help me too, and you know, or, or some version of that. And it's a lot more useful than, uh, hey, uh, you know, the emails that you and I get all the time. That's mm-hmm. practically the the equivalent of, hey, you should do this for me. That's not exactly what they say, but that's basically what they're saying, right? Right. But why should like so? Give me an example of let, let's say Jack Canfield or Brian Tracy or Peter Demendis. Like, how did you approach them? Like, how did you? I mean, I get they probably get pitched all the time to do a documentary for them. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I just I've had good relationships with them for years, and so it's funny actually. Uh, Jack and Brian, I said, hey, I can show you. Uh, I can show you the movie before the premiere, but I'd rather you see it when everyone else sees it and see their reaction. Are you serious? And they both trusted me enough to do that. And so, wow. you know, and, uh, and that just, we have a relationship. I mean, everyone says it, life's about relationships, and it is. And so Jack and Brian know that I care about them, and I, I would never do anything to hurt them. I want to I help them. And so just over the years, we've been doing things together. And I said, hey, I want to make a movie on you. And they're both like, well, what do you mean? I said, <laughs> I want to do this, that, and the other. So said, okay, if you, yeah, if you... I said, all I need is a couple of days of your time and I'll take care of everything else. And I said, okay. And so, you know, Peter Diamandis, it took me about a year and a half to convince Peter wow. because he had, he had someone who was supposed to do the documentary on his book, uh, Abundance. And so I just did what I always do. 
I just waited out because I know that most people make false promises and don't deliver. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't hoping for that for Peter, but I know the reality of these things. So I said, all right, no problem, Peter. I just kept asking him. I'd see him every few months and say, hey, Peter, uh, I'm still interested in doing a movie on it. Yeah, Nick, I'm about this guy doing a. And then about a year later, he's like, yeah, this guy just disappeared off the face of the earth. If you're ready to go, I'm ready. I said, let's do it. So we started filming and. You know, and we made the movie, and and uh, I'm it's on PBS airing right now, and uh, I literally I we were we talked to Netflix about it about a year ago, mm-hmm. and they said, oh, it's really cool. We just don't think that the audience is big enough. <laughs> but lo and behold, Monday after I'm doing some hurricane cleanup this last week, I got a call from Netflix on Monday, and no way. Now they're interested again. So wow. you never know. You just got to you just got to be there and be ready, and and you know, I mean, it's perseverance, man. Everyone else quits. You've won like five Emmy awards now for your documentaries. Like, what makes what makes a great documentary? Um, man, it's funny. Uh, so documentaries, you got to be really careful because they can be boring really fast. Yes. They can be talking heads really fast. Yeah. So here's how I approach it. It's so stupid, but maybe it'll help somebody. Yeah. Um, it's the, my formula is I have a three-step formula for a 30-minute documentary. If it's a 60-minute documentary, we will do – it'll be a little bit different. But essentially in every story I do, there's three movements. Uh, and it's really simple. Uh, there's where did you come from? People want to know, did you eat radioactive cornflakes? Did you <laughs> did, like what happened? What happened in your life? Because personal branding. So I'll break this down too. Mm-hmm. in my mind. Branding is, is simply storytelling. And and uh, and your brand is just your story. Yep. And a good brand is just a story that the public loves to hear and loves to retell for you. Yep. And so in, a, in any brand, you've got to figure out what happened in your life that uniquely situated you positioned you uh, you connect the dots not every dot but the unique dots that make you the most uniquely suited person in the world to be doing what you're doing right now what's that so that's for you nick cover the first movement what's that what's that for you nick what was your dot well i have a really unique um skill set in in business and entertainment uh that allows me to give to meet in the cross section where no one else is so you got a lot of guys making movies in hollywood you got, got a, lot, a lot of guys doing documentaries in third world countries and on jail, prison stuff and all that, which, I mean, yeah. I've done some of that stuff too, yeah. but you don't have anyone really going you know, to the the business guys of the world, the Mark Cubans and the Jack Campbells, the Brian Tracy's and the Amanduses and, and kind of, I feel a gap where there's really no one who, mm-hmm. who does that, right? So, so my unique ability, you hear me talk a lot about Dan Sullivan, my unique ability is having great conversations and expanding my network. And because I want to help people and I know if I can connect the right dots, I can help, I can make the world a better place, literally. So, so for me, movies are just a vehicle for that. I didn't set out. I'd never been to film school. I, I just made a documentary on a whim one time. I want to try to help, tell a story to help some people. Mm-hmm. And so as it turns out, the documentary is my vehicle for, for my unique abilities. It's, it's the vehicle. It's not the, the end goal. It's not the mean, it's the means to an end. It's not the end. So, so part, so that's what you got to figure out. Part one right. is where did someone come from that made them most uniquely situated for doing this? Uh, p- part two is what are you doing now? What are you doing now that's exciting? You know, so w- what's happening? So, uh, why are you unique in the marketplace? How are you helping people? And a lot of times we'll bring in some, you know, testimonials or vignettes of three or four clients or people mm-hmm. you're helping or whatever the story is. And then the third movement is simply, and what's your vision for the future? Because nobody wants to work with somebody who doesn't have a vision for the future. So that's the basic three steps. Where'd you come from? What are you doing now? And what's your vision for the future? If it's a longer movie, 60 minutes or 70 minutes or 90 minutes, we just put sub-movements within those three main movements. And that's that's how you tell a good story. 
Wow, you make it sound so freaking simple. It's ridiculous. Because I, I actually watched a Jack Canfield documentary and I had goosebumps. I mean, I was literally in tears. And the way that you, it's an art. I mean, there's, there's, it's so, it's, it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just beautiful. I mean, you bring out the emotions. How do you do that? Well, thank you. I, I, I greatly appreciate your words. I do not take them lightly. And I do that because I care. And so they know I care. And so when I, when I tell a story, I'm trying to make the world see Jack Canfield the way I see him. I'm trying to make the world see Peter Diamandis the way I see him or Brian Tracy the way I see him. Or I'm doing the movie on Rudy, the football movie right now. Mm-hmm. I want the world to see Rudy, the Rudy that I know. Not the guy. What, and so, so how do they, you do that? Like, so, how would I do that for you? Like right now, let's use this example. I've got you on my show. How would yep. I do that with you? Uh, well, you're already doing it. I mean, you're you're asking great questions that that show that you're you're genuinely interested in in what I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and and you have a mannerism. And I mean, we've we've this podcast has been screwed up a hundred times, but <laughs> we both cared enough to do it, right. right? I mean, I got guys outside with chainsaws and rakes right now, and they <laughs> they understand. They're going, yeah, man, go to your podcast. We got plenty of work when you get back. Right. And so you know, look, we've just been you and I've been working through building a relationship and that that's what you're doing i mean you, you're you're asking questions that show that you care it's not just another another hour you got to fill on a podcast and, and that's where i start and so a lot of it comes from you know someone's background knowing mm-hmm. what they care about i mean it's really funny i was in steve forbes office mm-hmm. and um i didn't know it but uh, you know steve forbes i mean baseball just lights the guy up i mm-hmm. mean he'll talk to you about baseball for hours and it's just finding what people what makes people tick? What's make what makes people passionate? It's really funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm passionate about this stuff. Yeah. And when I when I write the worst part of my deal with documentaries, when I when we deliver the outline to someone, because you can't write a script, right? Because mm-hmm. these people are not paid actors, they're not memorizing something, we're not telling a fake story. But we basically create an outline of the story we're trying to tell. And we're really trying to make sure that we're not missing any important people, places, or things that we need to cover. That's like our main goal. Make sure we don't forget something. Mm-hmm. But when I deliver the outline to people, I say, look, I'm, this is embarrassing. I hate delivering these outlines to you because they're brutally boring. Because you already know the story. You already know the people. I said, mm-hmm. but here's the deal. The people and the passion is, are what is going to light this thing up. So just forgive me for how boring it is right now. No, I promise not. you it's going to be good. It's not for it. So let me ask you this. There's a lot of people listening to this that they want to, they want to become a, a brand, right? They want, their, they want to build their self-brand. What, what would you advise them? How do you start? Um, look, so look at what you're really good at. And sometimes it's not what you're really thinking you're good at. That is what you're good at. So mm-hmm. again, Dan Sullivan, my coach, I'm making a movie on him right now. And Dan Sullivan is a strategic coach. He's incredible. Right. And he's helped so many people in the last, you know, 40 years and uh he he talks about unique ability and your unique ability is that one thing that you wake up every day you're even more excited to do it than you were yesterday Mm -hmm. the world compensates you better for it and you're actually and you're being a productive citizen you're you're literally making creating value in the world and so like everyone who's trying to build a personal brand more than building a personal brand figure out what that is and that's really hard to do so what you've got to start with is you got to start by writing down a list of 10 things you want to get rid of. Like if you don't like doing this or don't like doing that or don't like, like you're not probably going to get better at it or why try? I mean, right. there's certain things you got to suck up. Like you got to be healthy. You got to get better at working out. I get all that. But mm-hmm. like when it comes to your, your unique abilities, 
you have abilities that other people don't. And they're the things that you take for granted the most because they're so e- they come so easy to you that you figure that this can't be valuable. Mm-hmm. And so you, you start knocking off those things you don't like. And it's kind of like remodeling a house. Yeah. If you replace the flooring with wood, then you realize the paint the walls need to be painted. Mm-hmm. And once you paint the walls, you realize that the windows got to be replaced. And once yeah. the windows are replaced, you realize that you got to replace the cabinets. You get the point. So the things that were, you didn't feel like they were causing you friction before – now they're causing you the most friction because you've, you've eliminated the things that have more friction than that. <laughs> and you start working down the list of the things you don't like doing. And it starts becoming very, very, very clear uh, what your unique abilities are. The things, that, the things that you would do if you didn't have to. The things that you would rather do than go to school or go to work or whatever. I'll give Dan Sullivan credit for this too. I'll say it a little differently than him. But basically, you're born with an amazing ability. Your family encourages you. You, you're, you might be funny. You might be cute. You might be... Uh, smart, and your family really encourages in you until you're five. Then you go into kindergarten, and mm-hmm. then they basically beat it out of you in the factory system of education from five to 18. Yep. Then most of us borrow a lifetime's worth of money from 22 to 25 getting undergrad or professional degrees, and most people work from 25 to 65 so that they can buy back the ability to use their unique ability from 65 to the time they die. And so I'm a big advocate of getting rid of this way of thinking and starting early to understand what is your unique ability. Again, Dan Sullivan talks about retirement. Retirement was a system built by the Germans when the soldiers were coming back from World War I. They're hardworking people. The people in the factories didn't want to leave the jobs. So they started making making them leave and paying them to leave. And then the soldiers had to kind of pay for them uh, out of their salaries. And this is a repetitive system we put in place. Back in World War One, we no longer need. And again, as Dan Sullivan says, when the word retire means literally to take out of use. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be taken out of use. So our <laughs> goal should be to find out what our unique ability is. Right. And, that, and everything else becomes much easier once you figure that out. But you talk about the power of stories, right? Telling stories. And it, it really is. It really is such a powerful gift to have. But what about people listening to this who may say, yeah, but I don't have a good story. My story isn't that interesting. What would you we say all to think them? that. There's a reason I haven't made my stories a documentary. My story's not that interesting, but <laughs> everyone else's story fascinates me. And so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, getting, it's learning to own what your story is and learning what, what parts of your story, when you tell them, make people's eyes light up, right? What are they, what are they interested in? What, and, and you do have an interesting story. I do a thing a lot of times in, in when I speak at big events. I do a thing called the $10,000 Challenge. And okay. I say, look, I want everyone to write down uh, the name of the hospital you were born in. I want you to write down the address of your first home. I want mm-hmm. you to write down your uh, your favorite movie. I want you to write down the name of your first girlfriend or boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And you know, I do like 10 things. Okay. And I say, okay, now if anyone in the room has the same answers as anyone else here, I will give you $10,000 each. And of course, nobody does. Wow. And so <laughs> it, because all of us came from different places, we're all uniquely we're all uniquely served. Look, human beings are the most interesting thing on the planet. And our stories are what drives everything that we do. And so you do have a fascinating story. Your story's not over yet, and, you, and that's good. I mean, you should, my story's not over yet. I'm, thankfully, no, no trees have hit me yet today. And, um, <laughs> you know, you, you're going to keep wanting to get better. That's actually the hardest thing about convincing someone to do a documentary because they're like, well, I'm not done yet. I'm like, I know. Let me document what you've done so far. And so it's really just taking, uh, man, I'm going to give Dan Sullivan some more promotion. Dan Sullivan (laughs) calls it being in the gap. So really most of us take a look at where we are right now, where we want to be, and there's a gap there because we're frustrated because we're not exactly where we want to be. And so uh, the 
Dan says, get out of the gap and look backwards instead. Look at where you started from and where you are now. It gives you positive thinking, gives you, and, and you cannot be creative if you're in a scarcity mindset. So, you know, that's, you've got to be positive. You got to be, you, so you got to get out of the gap and you got to look at, at your past and see where, how far you've come and go from there. When you received your first Emmy, can you just describe the feeling? Like, what, what was that like when they called you up and, and you found out that you won an Emmy award? For the first time. I was there at the awards and uh, it was crazy. Um, I I produced a documentary and directed a documentary on a little boy named Jacob. You mm-hmm. can go to jacobsturn.com and watch it. If be ready to cry. It's a, it's it's a fun it's a happy cry. A happy make cry. cry. Okay. Yeah, and um, so I I directed I just got some friends together and said, Hey, I want to tell this story and I need some money to do it. I'll put in some money, you guys put in some money and go along for the ride with me and they all trusted me. I don't know why, but they did. <laughs> and uh, so we did it and um, we got two Emmy nominations, and uh, out of uh, out of the this kind of Midwest region where we produced the documentary because it wasn't prime time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go to a region if it's not prime time, and so we went there, and and the movie lost, and I was oh. like, well, there's no way I'm gonna win for, and I won for directing, and I've lost oh, my mind. Wow. I'm like, how does the and still to this day, <laughs> I have never won. I've been nominated uh, 14 times. I've probably had five movies, six movies maybe that I, I was nominated for director. And for the movie, and every time the movie's won, I haven't won for directing. Every time I've won for directing, the movie hasn't won. So I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't get it. But that's yeah, really it was funny. Cool. I couldn't sleep for like a week. Oh my goodness! Did you <laughs> think you were done at that point though? Because like you made it, right? You, you've won an Emmy. Like that's it for 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 any producer, like you know, or director. It, it was so it was so weird because it was my first film I ever made, which is really embarrassing. Wow! And I was like, I knew that. I, look again it, it must be a unique ability it was something that thankfully came easy to me because like music i must be an idiot at music i've been doing music for 31 years i've been playing guitar i got my first album cut on on a country singer's record i got the call last week i mean i've, I've produced other records and some of that but like first major song you know and i've been trying i've been trying to this game for 31 years i should have quit a long time ago but you know <laughs> but but apparently that's not my unique ability but right. filmmaking seemed to be and i knew that they're I, the reason I made that film was because I met this guy in an airport. We connected. His son had Down syndrome. I have some family members who have Down syndrome. And then he sent me this story a couple months later that his wife had written that was being published in the newspaper about their son, Jacob. And I was blown away. I was cr- I cried. And I sent it to my dad and my business partner. And neither of them knew how to use email. And somehow they forwarded it to like 100 people. So this must be viral. But here's the thing. No <laughs> one's ever going to read this in the small county newspaper it's going right. in. I need to put it in a format that has more, you know, more legs to it. More so I made a, I made it into a short, seven minute short, a uh, little mini movie. Oh, and, seven you know, we, minutes. We did, that's it. Yeah, we did a, we did a product launch with it and raised money for kids with special needs. And I was like, man, this was cool. I want to do that again. Wow. Uh, so we started, and now I've directed more than fifty docs now, and uh, I'm just, just getting started and just learning about it because it's just such an amazing way to help people uh, extend their mission, whatever that is. That's incredible. And, and you know, you've interviewed like legends, like you mentioned Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, Mark Cuban, Peter Diamandis. What, what would you say, because you've obviously spent a lot of time with these people, Jack Canfield, what are the common traits that they all share that contribute to their success? Because they're all super, super, you know, achievers. Yes. Um, I would say, I mean, perseverance is, is a very strong one. Okay. Um, the interest in helping others 
Uh, sometimes it's, it gets as good as the interest in helping others more than yourself, mm-hmm. but at least an interest in helping others. And then, and then they have all found they are at the highest level of, of high achievers and high performers because they've, they've learned to operate within their unique ability. I mean, I'm, I'm doing a movie on Jay Abraham right now. He'll tell you himself. Yeah, I had him on my show. <laughs> a, yeah, he's basically a savant, right? And so yeah. he's, he's, not re- he's really not good at a lot of things, but he's spectacularly good at a few, and right. he's allowed that to be his driver. And so I think that's a key too, finding unique ability and staying, staying in that lane, you know, learning where, where you operate from a position of strength and how can, how can you exchange that for value in the marketplace and let's do it. So you've got guys in a different way to do it like the Dalai Lama, right. Or, or mm-hmm. mother Teresa, they found their unique ability. They're exchanging it for value in the marketplace. And, uh, and that's what they do. And, and they don't take, they don't take no for an answer unless it comes to dating or something like that. You know, they don't take, they, you know, they just, they learn, okay, well, that's not going to happen that way. Well, which way do I go now? Which way do I go now? And, and they, they hit a lot of steps on the way down. They finally find the right staircase. So here's the thing, Nick, like I hear it so many times, perseverance, 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 right? And in fact, that's my story as well. Uh, you know, my story is all about perseverance, right? Pushing through. And I, I just feel like some people might listen to that and go, oh, here we go again. It's too vague for crying out. What does that mean? Like, uh, you know, how do you, I think the problem is like, how do you, of of course, if you're, if you're more, you know, relentless, you're going to get somewhere. Like anyone can do anything if they keep pushing. The problem is, is that why is it? Why is it that people like Jack Canfield or Mark Cooper, like why, what, what makes them push so hard? Whereas so many people, like most people, 99% of the world, they don't push. Why? So here's the deal. Your, your why is the most important point. If you're doing it for anything other than you know, very good reasons, you're going to quit because it doesn't matter that much. So it really is, is all about your why. Why are you so driven to do this? Tony Robbins, you know, his story of, of being hungry as a kid, right, and not mm-hmm. having enough food. And, I right. mean, the guy's got a serious why. And then also understand, learning that he could push himself and he could – how to perform at the highest levels beyond what he even knew. And he just is driven to share that with the world. I mean, that's, and so that's, it's drive. It's not just the why it's drive because of the why. And the other one that I would say to this, uh, a friend of mine, um, I can't, I can't think of who it was who told me right now. I'll think of it in a little bit, but cause I want to give him credit, but he, he told me something that I think makes a ton of sense and it's everything easy to do is equally easy not to do. And so when you talk about, about perseverance and it just sounds so obvious yeah that's the whole point it is obvious but everything uh, there's another quote i think it's a benjamin franklin quote that uh you know a lot of people miss opportunity because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work right <laughs> and so it's you gotta work man and, and you don't have to I'm, I'm getting sick of the hustle and grind and hustle no. and grind <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to hustle and grind but i mean you got to have a purpose and it better be hel- it better be giving value in exchange to the rest of the world or you're gonna be hustling and grinding an awful lot by yourself into the dirt and you're not gonna get anywhere so really the key is to really, really discover what it is that your purpose is and what your why is and what you're great at. How do you find that? How do you discover that? Um, I, I would say by being relentlessly curious, being curious and, and, by, uh, and, and by wanting to experience things. And I don't think you can do that without – you've got to get experience. So go start trying things. If you have – Jack Canfield says – um, if if you as says at the beginning of the movie, you got the sneak peek. People haven't seen it yet, but we'll promote. We'll start launching. I got that the soon. sneak peek. I'm very lucky. Um, <laughs> but Jack says, uh, you know, look, if 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 
he says it a little differently than me, but I'll, I'll say it my own way. If God gives you an idea, it's because yeah. you can achieve it. It's because you can achieve it. So what are you curious about? What do you want to try? And, and as Peter Diamanda says, the day before anything happens, it was a crazy idea. The mm-hmm. day before. And sometimes it's just it, it, you are no less spectacular of a human being than any other person on this planet. And you are in a position to do something other people aren't in a position to do. What is that? I don't know. You've got to figure that out. But there's no reason you can't do it. And so, uh, you know, I, I love and, and part of the reason I have the mindset I have is because I get to hang around with guys like this who think that way. But Peter Diamandis launched a $10 million prize to build yeah. a private spaceship the <laughs> FAA wouldn't even allow, and it's he crazy. didn't have the $10 million. It's insane. He, he, he ended up getting it with hole-in-one insurance from golf tournament insurance. <laughs> you get a hole-in-one, there's a million-dollar hole or whatever it is, you yeah. buy insurance, and most of the time no one ever hits it. And so he got that insurance, a hole-in-one insurance to cover the $10 million. So, I mean, look, he was, he was driven. The dude knew that he wasn't going to get to space with NASA. He had to find another way. All right, Richard, so Branson, Richard Branson turned him down twice as well, right? It's insane. Absolutely. It's crazy. Yep. And with Jack Canfield, the same thing, right? So he had this whole book that he wrote, which was The Chicken Soup for the Soul, but he didn't even have a name for it. And then he, he, he this is amazing because he's meditating on it and he's saying, you know, please, you know, give me, you know, let the name come. And, and it's a whole story is absolutely magical. But then when he comes up with the name, when the name kind finally comes to him, he has goosebumps all over his body. And usually when you get goosebumps, it's a good sign that you're onto something, right? And yep. And then when he told his wife, she got goosebumps, everyone got goosebumps. But then when they went to the, the publishing companies, nobody got goosebumps. I found it hilarious. And he yep. hit up 144 publishers. And they all said no. Yep. 144. And it's like, I, th- I feel like, and, and for those listening, like, don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like so many people, we would give up after like five, ten. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like. We just gave I never up. would have gotten to 144. And I think Jack would tell you, by the way, too, which is, I think, one of the reasons why it ended up working out. Because he's, Jack's an amazing guy. But I think out of humility, he'd tell you, too, you know, a lot of those publishers were at the same show. So yes. I don't know that he would have gotten to 144 either if they weren't all in the same place telling mm-hmm. him no. But, you know, he pushed through and pushed through. And, yeah, and then the one who finally said yes made over a billion dollars on it. holy smokes it's crazy there's so many lessons to be learned from that documentary it was it was, it was wild but it really is well, true like at the end of the day like it's it's that that the big w like i was pacing my my living room the other night actually it was after watching the jack canfield um, thing uh it was like 12 o'clock at night and my wife and four kids were all sleeping and I was just very uncomfortable. Like, I just had this, do you know what I mean, Nick? When you, yeah. there's yeah. something missing, there's something that's bothering you and you can't go to sleep. And, and I swear till two in the morning, I was pacing up and down my living room, trying to figure out like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. doing all these things. I've got my podcast show, my businesses, my book that I'm trying to publish. It's like, what the hell am I doing though? And, 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 and sometimes I, I, I get that feeling of like, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't know what to do like i get overwhelmed like i don't know publishing a book is scary because what if it does really well like i I actually believe it could do well it you know it's like it's one of those books that could do really well but then that means i've got to go and speak and and i i don't know if i could do that you know what i'm saying but then what it really came down to essentially nick and sorry for waffling on is that there's there's two types of wants. You know, when people say, I want to lose weight, I want to make a million dollars, I want to impact the world, I want to write a book, but they don't do it. 
so to me, I don't think they actually want to do it. Meaning that they say they want to do it, but here's the thing, like if you really wanted to lose weight, you would freaking lose weight. You would. Like yep. if you really, really, really wanted something, you'd bloody go and do it. And the problem is, is that you're using want with a small W instead of a big W. The big W is when you really actually want something. And so I basically spent two hours pacing the floor, figuring out what my big W was. What is it that I really want? Because if I figure that out, then I'll be unstoppable. Then no one can get in my way and nothing can get in my way. Because you, you know very well, more than anybody else, Nick, that when people really want something, deep down inside, they'll go and make it happen, right? They'll go, they'll go 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. On yeah. Again, Dan Sullivan says, look, I only want to work with game changers, people who will commit to, to a goal and go after it for 25 years because other than that is then we're, we're just playing small games. Right. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I can play. It's gotta be something that you want more than anything else. Right. Yeah. So I really want to, I want to let you get back to uh, chopping trees and helping people out with the, with the <laughs> hurricane. So, so I want to let you go, but um, how do uh, my listeners get in touch with you? You know, I, I highly recommend those of you listening, you've got to reach out to Nick. He's, he's an incredible human being. What's the best way they can reach you? thank you very much uh they can go to celebritybrandingagency.com mm -hmm. and opt in there and they'll get on our email list we send a lot of blogs out and other things so celebritybrandingagency.com uh, okay. or you can also we have a, a network we're building now on apple tv uh and amazon uh fire and roku uh, mm -hmm. it's also on facebook called the success network there's a couple other you know uh, pretenders out there but uh <laughs> we're just getting started there's not that many fans of it so go like it if you would it's uh it's got a black and red and white logo kind of an sn the success uh -huh. network Check it out. I'm going to be starting to publish all of my movies, lots of inspirational clips, just the things that I know that can help, awesome. you know, that can move the needle in the world. So uh, check out those those sites. would be awesome. Amazing. And the Jack Canfield and also the Brian Tracy documentaries, when are, they, when are those coming out? So you can watch Brian's right now. You can go to briantracymovie.com. Ooh, I'm definitely and, uh, checking you can, that out. You can watch Brian's. And then Jack's, I think, will be out first quarter of next year. Uh, we're in negotiations on some distribution deals and some other things. Uh, and then you can just search uh, locally wherever you are on PBS for Visioneer. Uh, on Peter Diamandis, and hopefully that will be uh, out uh, on Netflix here soon if these guys can get their act together. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm serious. Like, like seriously, you've got to watch those. I mean, li I, I cried through both of the Peter Diamandis and the Jack Canfield one. It just literally... Wow. Absolutely incredible. Um, and for those Thank of you, you that want to also check out the links that uh, Nick just mentioned as well, you can go to danielgeffen.com forward slash 110. That's 110. So that's danielgeffen.com forward slash 110. And I'll link up all of those links in the show notes. Um, Nick, this has been absolutely incredible. I really, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you for letting me pick your brain. And thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've thank been you. listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.